0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Need to hire? You need Indeed. The trade deadline has passed. There might be a deal or two that trickles in. I just saw one involving a reliever with the Mets, so still could happen, but Still, uh, we are done and some big names remain. Some big names, some big names moved. We'll talk about that all on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke Trade Deadline Edition. Uh the we are Fred Zinke and I are excited to talk about that. We purposely scheduled this to be so at the end uh, to make sure that the, you know we get all the trades, 90% of the trades. We're going to start tackling that right now. Uh, the big news today, of course, Fred was Justin Verlander going to the Astros.
2: Yeah, I mean, doesn't this just feel like the perfect fit? Right? Like, this is clear. This is a team where, I mean, Verlander, he goes to the Mets. He's a little shaky at the start of the year, you know, opens the year on the IL, 480 ERA in May, then rounds back into form in June, 333 ERA, July, 169 ERA. I think it was a 102 whip this uh, last month, I guess last month now, four wins and six starts. So he's ramped up into form. Now he's going to go back to a Houston team where he was consistently amazing uh you know he had a whip below one in every season that he was uh was with the astros and uh, to me this just has a feel of something that's going to be a game changer for that team in real baseball and like i I guess he's already awesome in fantasy but maximize his fantasy production for the rest of the season
1: yeah anybody that's got the hammer though in al only leagues is very happy with this
2: Yes, so Scherzer, so you're you're an AL, so Scherzer would have soaked up that hammer from someone, I would assume, on Sunday night.
1: Yeah, um, exactly.
2: Like, Uh, whoever had the hammer probably used it on Scherzer.
1: And who would you rather have, uh, Scherzer or Verlander? I mean, you get it's Scherzer plus one week or Verlander. I think that's the thing you got to realize just a little bit there. For, For me,
2: Verlander was just so, so good with Houston, like, right up to last season, and... Like, it's just such a, a, I don't know. It just seems like such a comfortable fit for him that I would take him over Scherzer. I mean, Scherzer could be awesome with the Rangers. He probably will be really good. Um, but I would, I don't know. I have to just, because Verlander's been so good with Houston, I I would take him. Yeah. But if I use the hammer on Scherzer, like, I wouldn't be, like, very, very regretful of it.
1: So, unfortunately, I don't have the hammer. I'm tied for second hammer, but I okay. win the tiebreaker win the tiebreaker by losing uh i could not have gotten either scherzer or montgomery last week um so yeah uh squandering of other fab to fill other holes i was just just never had a chance uh you know and i, I i've reclaimed like 280 bucks in injured players already and it still wasn't enough for to, get, to have a hammer for this so i will not be getting justin verlander probably uh my my our good friend who we listened to last week, Joe Sheehan, will have said hammer, and will be now the Justin okay. Verlander uh, pr- proud owner of J- Justin Verlander. Uh, but uh, you now, what Verlander? I mean, looking at him this year, he's been better lately. Hasn't been amazing so far this year. Um, you know, it just and first of all, obviously got hurt on opening day. That was, you know, that that kind of set the tone for the Mets. You know, he goes uh, didn't get hurt on opening day, but it went on the IL on opening day. Now uh, he goes to Houston where he had so much success before the Astros. I mean, they really needed this. Uh, They really needed another starter. Christian Javier was struggling of late. They've been using, you know, Hunter Brown has been a little shakier lately. Even Framber has been a little shakier lately. They needed another arm at the top of that rotation.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, But it does. So now it sets themselves up, I think to have at the very least a good rotation. And if everything broke, right like a very dominant rotation, right? Like if, if, if their starters who had struggled at times this summer round back into form, like a top three of Verlander, Valdez and Javier really good. And then Hunter Brown, or JP France or whatever can be like your fourth or fifth. That's a, that's a really good. Yeah. He's going to come back at some point soon, which isn't like a game changer, but it's just another innings eater. If they were to have mm-hmm. an injury at some point or, or at wanted to go six man for a stretch for a couple turns. So yeah, like they're in good shape. I still think we'll see where it happens here in the next few minutes, just with maybe the odd trade trickling through, but I still think that a healthy Astros team is the best one in the American league.
1: Yep. So BZA, RZA, GZAS, six man rotation in uh, Houston now. Maybe. I mean, kind of, I think maybe they start that way. Uh, JP France, you know, he's been pretty good. I mean, he had some rough spots. Uh, I, I still don't really believe that he's that good of a, a pitcher. I mean, uh, 10 homers allowed, though, in 91 innings. That That's passable. 64 to 26 K to walk in 91 innings. You'd like to see him miss more bats, but. At the same time, he, he's he's done one thing. He's been stable. He's gotten them innings, averaging six innings a start. He'll take that. Even with so with Arcidi back, maybe they they pick a, you know they give Javier an extra day. Maybe they give Hunter Brown an extra day here and there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think France actually. I agree with you. I don't think France is is very good, but he's been a bit of a savior for them, just helping yeah. cover them through like giving them. Uh, I mean. Better results probably than his skills indicate that he should have got. But from an Astros perspective, who cares? You got the results. So you've got a guy with a 2.85 ERA. He's giving you 15 starts with a 2.85 ERA. Like there's no way, like Houston would have been over the moon if they thought in spring training they could get that from JP France. If he didn't give them anything else this season, he'd be you know one of their more surprise, probably maybe their most surprisingly valuable contributor.
1: For sure. The other uh, angle to this is that the Mets. Paid a lot of this contract to make sure they got two prospects, good co- prospects coming back. The Astros' two best prospects, at least according to James Anderson's prospect rankings: Drew Gilbert, Ryan Clifford. In this deal, uh, Gilbert an outfielder, Clifford probably a first baseman. Uh, to, you know, the Astros now don't have anybody in, in James's top one hundred. Clifford was just barely outside it, anyhow, at one hundred and one. But um, they, they, they did this also in the uh, Scherzer deal where they took on a lot of the contract. To make sure they got the prospect coming back.
2: Yeah. So this is a different way for the Mets to use their deep pockets. And I mean, we'll see from some of the things that I've read on Twitter this afternoon, it seems like they're actually going to take maybe a little more of a step back and try to aim for a couple of years from now. Right. Maybe not even try to totally regroup for next year. Like maybe they're not going to dump all these 40 ish year old pitchers and then just pick up a bunch of other old pitchers next year and just try to do it all over again. So maybe they're going to try to do things the right way here. So this was a way for them to, Effectively buy prospects, right? Yeah. Maybe there were other teams interested in Verlander who were saying, you know, we want you to, like, we'll take them on, but it's a lot of money. So we're not going to give you that much for them. And maybe they were fully, because they have deep pockets, they were fully focused on the prospect return and said, you know, we'll, like, we can, we can afford to, to pay the, re- to pay a lot or the rest of this contract in return for better prospects. So, yeah. you know, good for them. Maybe this is a smarter, more sustainable plan. Um, We know the Mets have deep pockets. They're going to hit on something at some point where they're going to be a good team. I think. I could be wrong. I think they're going to be a good team for a while at some point. um, Mm -hmm. You know, looking back, they just have to look across New York. There was a long run where the Yankees were really good, where they had both deep pockets and a good backing of homegrown talent, right? There were times during that Jeter, Posada, Rivera era where they had a balance of bringing in big-name free agents and also having some studs that they have brought to their system. Maybe the Mets now can do both. Um, you know, they've picked up a lot of the top prospects now on their list have been picked up in the last couple of days.
1: Yeah. And looking at their roster, I mean, it's not threadbare. I mean, <laughs> by any means, by no means nope. is it threadbare. It's still not a bad roster. Senga Carrasco, Katana, Quintana, and Peterson. Okay. I'm not like, be still my beating heart here, but at the same time that those you could do worse in the starting rotation. They held on to Rayleigh and on So now we kind of have a timeshare as, as, at the closer spot. Maybe uh, Rayleigh, who got the save over the weekend, will be first in line. But they still have Alonzo. They still have Lindor. They signed Nimmo to a long-term deal. They have Beatty up in his, his rookie year. They, you know, McNeil's had a terrible year. But they have Francisco Alvarez, for crying out loud. This is still a pretty solid core a mix between young and old. And then you add all these prospects. I don't think they're that far away from contending again.
2: No, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I agree. Like you could have some, some players take a step forward. Maybe Alvarez takes a step forward next year. Um, you know, and then some guys like Jeff McNeil, like you said, have been Jeff, Jeff McNeil's not a superstar, but he's usually better than what he was. Well, he like he, he's won a batting title and this year he's not even a batting average asset. So um, yeah, I think that they could bounce back and next year, could they just be sitting in the wild card hunt next year? Just a little bit of free agency addition on the pitching side. Maybe if that's something they want to do, I'm very surprised if, it, if we don't get word, I'm surprised they didn't trade out as well. I thought someone would like some prospect for him and, and why not at this point? Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm surprised by that one
1: i've been i've been like keeping an eye on uh twitter i mean i, I yeah, saw you dm me that garrett cooper got traded away uh and and josh bell too got uh, got dealt so some stuff is still trickling in uh which is kind of interesting to see uh like i i had to, i kind of turned away and, and missed some of this stuff we'll, we'll, and we'll get to all that but uh ryan Yarbrough has gone to the dodgers they didn't get eduardo rodriguez we'll kind of go out of that but uh so uh, we'll still see uh, what, what's happening with some of this coming in, but uh, it, we are we are catching a, uh, our eye on a few things here and there. Uh, but one other thing with the uh, you know one, one other thing with the Mets, Tommy Pham did go very late over to the uh, Diamondbacks. So Tommy Pham is now uh, in in Arizona. He actually was a guy whose profile was raised a little bit with this with the trade deadline. Uh, his value probably went up a little bit. Uh, and now he goes to Arizona, where you know it's interesting. It, it, I think he's going to be, you know, finding the playing time there is going to be interesting. You got Carroll, Thomas, McCarthy, and Gurriel already at the three outfield spots in DH. So, I mean, Carroll, Thomas, and McCarthy are all lefty. So obviously, against you know, Fam starts all against the uh, all left-handed pitchers probably. But you know, he doesn't look like he's going to get a start, ton of starts against right-handed starters.
2: Yeah, this one will be interesting to me because. Like you named some guys who are major leaguers, but not really st- other than Carol. Carol's a stud. Forget Carol. So that one spot's gone. But Guriel has been like absolutely awful. Like in the last couple months, like after yeah, a, hard, a hot start right. to the season, like he has been absolutely awful. Jake McCarthy's more of a fantasy guy than than a real life guy. Like he's spent time in the minors this year. Um, he's a real other. You know, because he steals bases, we love him in fantasy when he's playing, but. Um, he hasn't like hasn't given them much as a hitter. He's got a six seventy two OPS, so not, nothing that uh, you know that that Tommy Fam couldn't beat if he's playing well. So I think this is them just maybe giving themselves more options. They can maybe ride the hot hand a little more. Alec Thomas still has an OPS under six under seven hundred. Sorry, both this year and in his career. So I mean, I think playing time's available for Fam. It'll just need to be earned. I if I had to guess, he'll find his name in the lineup card. Once he gets there, maybe three or four times over the rest of the week, if he starts off pretty well, he can get some starts against right-handers too. If he if he doesn't, then maybe he's just a platoon guy, a guy who who plays starts against lefties, comes in against lefties, whatever. But, but there there are opportunities there. The the Diamondbacks have obviously floundered and have you know given up a lead that they had at one point. Um, I'm sure there was such a shortage, and I can say this as a Jays fan who was looking for them, such a mm-hmm. shortage of impact bats that I think. I think a team like Arizona would have loved to have gotten like a new, like an impact bat, but this is the best they could come up with.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of tricky too, uh, because what Arizona really needed was a starting pitcher or three. Um, They didn't get it. They did get a closer, which they also needed, by the way. Mm -hmm. Seawald uh, is going to be, I would guess, torre Lovallo is going to like grit his teeth and finally say, okay, he's my full-time closer. Uh, He doesn't like doing that, but Seawald's got to be it.
2: Yeah, I think so too. I could see McGough or Ginkle getting the odd save, but, um, you know, I was going to say, like, let's say the Diamondbacks generate 12 saves for the rest of the Mm -hmm. season. I could see Seawald getting nine, something like that. I was going to say
1: 10. So there you go.
2: Yeah, so I some something like that. Well, I mean, yeah, 12 saves. Like, some of them will be in extra innings or, you know, something like that, something weird. Um, mm-hmm. anyways, I yeah, I do think that Seawald, like, this isn't to me, this isn't a value up for Seawald because he already had a great role with the Mariners. Um, but I don't think it's a big value down,
1: right? Um, I, I, agree, probably uh, just
2: I, value even,
1: yeah. I mean, and, uh, the, the big arrow up obviously is what remains in Seattle, right? Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. Andres Munoz, like, if if they go with him as their closer, could be a really good closer. Now, the question is, will they? Are yeah, they going well, to, you know, he's got great career numbers. He's got good numbers this year. He, he got their first save of the year, right? Like he, he got their save at the beginning of the season. And then a week later, he's on the IL. And by the time he comes back, Seawall's entrenched as the closer. Yeah, so,
1: Munoz, Munoz, the only ability question is durability, right? Uh, yeah. You know, obviously yeah, what he does is 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 fantastic. Yeah. Scott Service is basically the Pacific Northwest version of Kevin Cash, though. So I don't fully trust, you know, yeah. back in uh, spring training, they were saying that, uh, you know, I, mean, I think it was uh, the Jerry DePoto was saying, like, we're going to use Munoz typically wherever the toughest spot, you know, whatever inning the toughest spot of the lineup comes up, which means sometimes you get the eighth inning. Yeah. But now with Seawald gone, I don't think the dynamic is the same.
2: So okay, so let's say that the Mariners generate about a dozen save chances for the rest of the year. Maybe I'm a little low, by the way, when I say a dozen on these, but same thing, like fifteen, mm-hmm. whatever. Let's say a dozen, six a month. So let's say they we'll
1: generate, stipulate a dozen. Yep. I yep. Mean, let's it, say it they good.
2: generate a dozen save chances for the rest of the season or saves the rest of the season. How many does Munoz Munoz get?
1: I think one less than Seawall does in Arizona. I think I, I, I would tr- I would trust. Uh, I would trust Arizona. I would trust uh, Seattle a little less than Arizona, but then again, both managers are kind of tricky as far as that goes.
2: Yeah, I, I would say one less at least. I might say two less. I was—that's where I was kind of maybe leaning. Um, they do have well, Arizona. They probably have about similar level of options to Arizona. It's not like last year where the Mariners were just overflowing with really effective relievers, but Justin Topa could be could get a save or two Matt Brash could get a save or two. Yeah.
1: Brash uh, has been very good lately.
2: Yep. For sure. And he has that, you know, that strikeout ability that could make him a good closer someday. If, um, <clears throat> excuse me, if the walk rates fine. So anyways, I, yeah, I would say I would rather have Seawald for the rest of the year, but that's not really like a point for this. The point is, uh, you know, Munoz, you go out and pick him up. If he's available, you go out and pick him up Seawald's already gone. And if you have Seawald in the training league, like I'd say, it's a value, pretty much value even. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. surprisingly, Teoscar Hernandez remains behind. I think uh, his name was rumored a yep. lot in the last uh, in the last forty-eight hours, and didn't get dealt. Uh, kind of hard to figure out exactly what the uh, what the Mariners are kind of doing here. They did, I guess, maybe they just saw value in their closer. Although he's, he's gone for more than – it's he, he would have been more than a one you know, two-month rental. He was available – he's, he's going to be on Arizona next year, too. Teoscar, on the other hand, I mean, yeah, he, he's been a disappointment. He's not a good defensive player. His on-base on percentage is awful. He needed to get out of Seattle, frankly. Uh, Kelnick yeah. remains out. This is, this is someone that probably should have been dealt, in my opinion.
2: I'm, I'm shocked that he wasn't dealt because if there's any area where this, like they everybody talked about how this was a seller's market this year's trade deadline, which is true. But it, the area where it was probably most a seller's market was hitters, which is kind of yeah. weird because usually there's just not enough starting pitching to go around. But there were starters available and there were relievers available. And it was the hitters where you couldn't get any hitters. Teoscar Hernandez would have been the best hitter. I know he's having a down mm-hmm. year, but with his resume from his career, he would have been the best hitter to that a team could acquire. I'm surprised that they couldn't get a team to overpay for him.
1: Yep. Yeah, that that's right. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I'm a little surprised as well, but uh, there you go. All right. So we won't spend a whole lot of time on the Mariners because they're, they're in that vast middle, yep. uh, a team. We had kind of expected to be maybe a seller especially losing last night in just gut punch fashion is the Padres. Padres, 0-10 in extra innings this year, Fred. Uh, but yet, you know, you look at their run differential, you look at, you know, their roster and you're like, yeah, this should be a contender. But then you look at where they are in the standings and it's like, ah, oh, what are they going to do here? And, you know, I, I think they're in a tough spot, really. I mean, currently in the NL West, they are fourth place. They're eight and a half games out. I mean, that that's that's... That, you know, the Diamondbacks and the Giants are a fly in the ointment here in the wild card. They're five games out. So that's viable. The 52 and 55 plus 62 and run differential. That's all well and good for telling you what the strength of the team is, but it doesn't really get you know help you on your playoff odds.
2: That's right. And I I, there's another team that I thought if they wanted to, and I know they're an aggressive organization, could have gone way in the other direction, picked up a lot for Blake Snell and Josh Hader. And just regroup for next year. And it would have been for, they spend money. So that would be easy. They might lose Snell and Hayter anyways, but regroup for next year. So um, they decided not to do that. They're going to go for it. They do have a roster that, in my opinion, and I think most people's opinion, is better than the rosters of many playoff teams, current playoff Mm -hmm. teams. So, like, the talent is there for them to catch up. There's two months left in the season. It's possible, for sure. But they decided to add rather than subtract, picking up Scott Barlow and Garrett Cooper today
1: and rich hill don't forget the great rich hill and g-man Choi. so uh you know big huge day no i mean the thing is the padres i mean let's face it we didn't expect them to make a big you know big stroke this year i know there was some talk about them maybe trying to get involved in berlander or something like that uh and they're they definitely want to get Otani in the off season however they have some significant issues financially because of the bally's deal falling apart on them uh but they aren't sellers; they're they're kind of buyers. And the the good thing is, the bottom half of the roster has been suspect all year. You know, yep. Nelson Cruz didn't work out. Matt Carpenter didn't work out. They've been they've been using Gary Sanchez and Luis Campusano a lot lately as the DH and the catcher. Uh, so that kind of shows you where they're at. So getting G-Man, getting Cooper, you've now got a DH platoon, and obviously both can play some first base uh, if they need if they want to rest Cronenworth at all.
2: He's who has been kind of disappointing this year. Like Cronenworth isn't having a great season. So yeah, so they've like really like, okay, if you look at the players they acquired, it's not a super aggressive trade deadline, but compared to the teams this year, it actually is. It's one of the more aggressive trade deadlines this year. They added a notable reliever. They added a starter, a depth starter. They, and they added multiple pieces to kind of platoon in that other lineup, a lineup that, like you said, is full of star power in the top five. And then really bad after that, and now like Garrett Cooper's having a not an awesome season, but a decent season. Um, you know, you look at him hitting sixth or seventh in that lineup, and and that's not bad. So, and same with Choi against uh, against righties, that's not bad. So, uh, yeah, they, they they were one of the most aggressive teams in baseball at this trade deadline. Which it's I guess we shouldn't be too surprised because it's like the Padres were going to go one way or the other because that's just their nature. They weren't yeah. going to sit in the middle and just. You're like, yeah, we sit, Pat. We'll see what happens. Like, it's like if they weren't going to trade Snell and Hader, they were going to go out and do something. But yeah. they did do more, much more, I think, than either of us thought they would.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, Barlow, uh, he adds to the, the bullpen. He adds some length to that bullpen. You know, that's one of the things. When you have Blake Snell as one of your best starters, you, you know he's not going seven. You need to get the games to Hader. So now Barlow add with Robert Suarez. Now all of a yep. sudden they get those games to Hater. They held on to Hater through the trade deadline, even though Hater is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So I, I think this is one way, you know, I think they learned. They needed to get the games to the bolt, get to, to the closer. They have that stud closer, but they were losing so many games in the seventh and eighth inning.
2: That's right. So we could say that maybe this is a, it's speculative, but a very small value up for Hater, just in that this, maybe a team that provides him with a few more leads to protect down the stretch. That's a tricky one with a closer. Like maybe they score a lot more and the bullpen's really good and they win by five, you know, it's hard to say, but if we generally just want closers on good teams, there's a a better chance now that he's on a good team down the stretch. Yeah. i done a lot better than if they had not acquired anyone and traded Blake Snell.
1: Yep. That's right. That's right. So, um, yeah, so it, 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 it's tricky. Uh, so we'll, uh, you know, we'll see what the Padres can do. Can they make that run, or is it going to be too little, too late? I actually think they can make the run. I mean, okay. y- you look at the teams ahead of them. This isn't like the American League. Joe was making this point when he was on with me uh, last Thursday. you got the Giants as the number one wild card right now. I don't think they're they're unassailable. And they didn't really do much at the deadline, by the way. Uh, they, they added a couple tiny pieces. The Phillies, I mean, they've been a little scratchy themselves. They did add a pitcher. We'll talk about that momentarily. The Marlins are, are tied for the third wild card with the Diamondbacks and the Brewers. All three of those teams are vulnerable. Uh, then there's the Cubs, who many people thought would be sellers until a week ago. Uh, then, then there's the Padres. So there's really, I mean, it's not, I th- just in terms of name value, there's like, you know, there's the Astros, there's the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Blue Jays yep. you're fighting with in the American League. I don't think uh, it's as intimidating if you're the Padres sitting five games out in the wild card.
2: Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, and if and the Padres do have the talent, especially in that rotation, to go on a run, and you know, I don't think we'd be surprised if at some point in August they won eight out of ten, and then all of a sudden we're like two games back or something in the wild card, right. and then it's and then it's you know anybody's game from that point forward. Um, I think I think it's. I mean, basically in baseball, teams kind of plod along and then slowly, right. but I, it wouldn't be surprising also, and we've seen it happen already, the Diamondbacks and the Marlins, but to see some of these teams, any of these teams now, if they have like a two and eight stretch, could kind of put themselves out of it. The Padres are walking more of a thin line. Like they can't afford a three and seven, 10 game stretch mm-hmm. the rest of the way. Um, but good for them for going for it because it, right. like, it, was, it was a seller's market and they said, forget it, we're buying it anyways.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, We're going to talk a little Orioles. We're going to talk a little Marlins next. But first, we are on the Blue Wire Network, and we always like to play a couple of their ads for them. Here they are.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled dot lcom slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
3: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance.
1: Thank you for your patience and indulgence with that. Um as always, happy to be on the Blue Wire Network. Uh let's talk about the the Orioles. For the longest time it looked like they're going to do very very little. They instead though, they add Jack Flaherty right before the deadline.
2: Yeah, I thought they might do a little more. Like I thought they might climb a little higher up the the pitching ladder, maybe Eduardo mm-hmm. Rodriguez who didn't move and we can talk about that later, but I thought they might get someone better than Jack Flaherty, but I, I would have been shocked if the Orioles didn't do anything just because they're leading their division um and they have such a glaring need. So yeah, they, they didn't, it's not an exciting trade deadline. I think if you're an Orioles fan, it's not an exciting trade deadline, but your future is so bright that like, it's hard to complain. You're like, we're winning the division. We picked up a pitcher. We didn't give up anything of value. Yeah. The, the future's really bright for us. Like I get it. So Yeah, Uh, Jack Flaherty. So what do you think of him? He's been not unplayable, but he has a 155 whip so far this year. So kind of unplayable. Um, Does he improve now that he's with the Orioles?
1: I mean, I I don't think it hurts him. I mean, going to Baltimore helps for sure. Uh, I I think if you look at what he... Yeah, I I think he's he's such a boomer bust guy that... You know, you, you, you look and you look at his starts and you can see some really brilliant starts in there, but then some utter disasters as well. I mean, it's, it's really tough. Uh, You know, I'm, I'm thinking like, and I was like, Oh, he's been better late. Then I looked at his last 60 days. No, he hasn't 401, 157 last 14 days, 573, 173. Okay. He's a rental, but then again, they just sent down Tyler Wells. Dean, uh, Dean Kramer has looked pretty shaky lately. I mean, yeah, they're starting. You know, he's there they're... for
2: depth. He is there for depth, like you said, related to the Tyler Wells. Like yep. he's there to cover them. Well, Wells is down, and then who knows? They know they know that when well when they're ready to bring Wells back, who knows who's going to be down or what they're going to need. He's there. I was going to say he's there to be their fifth starter, but they kind of already have some fifth starters. <laughs> like Kramer gibson like they're kind of fourth and fifth starters themselves in in most people's eyes so but he's yeah he's there for depth he keeps the ball on the ground his whip's going to be high like his ERA's probably going to be okay i guess if you already had him rostered things look a little up now he's gone to a a team that's won a lot more games this year so yeah has a way better bullpen
1: yeah it is it is is way better bullpen a slightly better park better defense i would say Yep. Um, yeah,
2: for a guy who gets a lot of grounders.
1: Yeah. And as Uncle Ted points out, St. Louis has been kind of toxic right now this year. And and specifically to Flirty, that relationship yep. was burned yep. a yep. while ago. So, maybe that that's maybe one thing where he comes out firing. Who knows? I don't know.
2: That, that, that yeah, that's what you're looking for. Like I said, if you have him, like if you're sitting on waivers in a shallow league, I don't think this trade would be enough to make me rush out and pick him up because um, yep. I think he's still a streamer. Um, but if he's if he's on your roster if you rostered him through all this crumminess in St. Louis, yeah, I'd say now. I don't know if I roll him out for his first start. We'll see what the matchup is. But right. uh yeah, I think I've got like a little more hope that like you said, he gets out of a toxic situation, he gets on a better team, amped up with the playoff chase. They play the Mets. So oh, he right now we have him slotted in to pitch Thursday against the Blue Jays. So which actually makes a lot of sense. So I'm not using them for that one.
1: It's kind of funny. You know, it's kind of funny. I expected more out of the Orioles. Well, I didn't, I even said, prepare to be underwhelmed. Uh, I'm whelmed. I'm not even underwhelmed. I'm whelmed. Yeah. Um, But uh, they did this and they added Fujinami and that's it. They didn't add anything else really from outside the organization via trade. I think Aaron Hicks was like a claim. Now he's heard. Uh, But you know, I kind of expected uh, them to behave a little bit more like a contender. And, you know, they, they, Lord knows they don't have, like, a, l- a lot of salary on the books. It's not like that was an issue. Uh, they could have afforded a hell of a lot more. But, you know, Flaherty's just a rental, too. So, I mean, granted, they didn't—they don't give up much from their farm system. But, I, you know, I know at one point they were like, hey, they're talking, you know, people are talking about Logan Gilbert. People are, you know, maybe Verlander would go to the Orioles. Never got close to that.
2: No. And yeah, on the hitting side, like everything says that the Orioles have overachieved so far mm-hmm. this year. You look And you look at the names and like Ryan O'Hearn's their cleanup hitter, mm-hmm. you know, Adam Fraser's basically an everyday player for them, sits against lefties a lot, but basically an everyday player other than that. And who doesn't hit like ninth, like he's hitting six in their lineup. Like there is, there was a lot of room for, for, but again, without impact bats, you know, did they want to go out and get a Garrett Cooper or a Josh Bell or something like that? And, Sid O'Hearn. I don't know if that, maybe they decided that doesn't really do much for us. Yeah. 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 And they're winning and they didn't want to rock the boat over, over a Josh bell type if they couldn't get a, a star, but adding Flaherty is, was almost a necessity, um, with their plan for Wells right now.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's stay in the division. Let's talk a little bit about your blue Jays, Fred. Uh, some, I think, you know, they, they made the big trade for Jordan Hicks over the weekend. They needed to do that. It felt like everything that they did was like a reaction to something. They they trade for Hicks after Romano goes on the I.L. They trade for Paul DeYoung today because Bo Bichette got hurt yesterday. Maybe they were talking about maybe adding a shortstop anyhow to add some middle infield depth, but it's not like they had this big swashbuckling trade. They were like trying to plug the gaps.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, they say the Hicks trade was going to happen before Romano had the injury that that was going to happen either way. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'll take them at their word. Uh, the Jays have a really good bullpen now. If, if whenever they do, healthy. what they don't have, well, I guess Hicks is that now. Uh, I was going to say what they don't have is just that, like like Josh Hader level wipeout. You know, Hicks isn't that. Like he's a good he's a good reliever. He throws super hard. He's got a career whip of one point three two. His ERA is three ninety one. Like he's not. He's not like a lights out reliever, you know, never gets. I I watched one of those like Felix Batista last night. Like, like he's nothing like that. But, but anyways, he's a good piece. They've got a lot of pieces in that bullpen now Mm -hmm. where they can kind of throw like three or four innings. They've got Garcia, Swanson, Romero, Hicks. Like they're, you know, they've got a lefty with Meza who's having a good year. Like they could throw a lot of relievers out in a series and be just fine. Uh, they'll probably right. at some point have to send Nate Pearson. I wouldn't be surprised they have to send him back down at some point, which shows what kind of depth they have right now in the bullpen, which is good. Kind but. of a
1: cautionary tale on Jordan Hicks, by the way, Nate Pearson, Jordan Hicks. I mean, yeah. both known for just
2: pure fire, yeah, you know,
1: throwing hard. Uh, yep. But Hicks has that wipeout sli- slider is the, difference. yeah. And Hicks is
2: a little un- like Pearson can throw like a hundred Hicks throws a hundred, like all the time, <laughs> you know, Pearson can touch a hundred Hicks just constantly throws a hundred plus when he wants to but yeah i think i think i'm, I'm similar to what you just mentioned about being whelmed uh i think that's how i am with the blue jays trade deadline um the paul de young like that might have happened whether bichette got hurt or not i think they were looking for like a right-handed bench type bat you know can mix in and out of the lineup not a long contract so he fits he's having an okay year like for paul de young he's got 13 homers um but he's a little more urgent now with Bichette. Although they say Bichette's just day to day, they say mm-hmm. they're not sure about an IL stint. They're going to give him a few days and then see where it's at. So either way, it sounds like if it's an IL stint, it won't be a really long one. But they now have someone with the young who could play shortstop, and he plays shortstop well. They have someone who can play shortstop defensively well, hit lower in the lineup. Uh, you know, they're in a situation. The Blue Jays, in all honesty, like if they weren't going to get like a stud bat. And there weren't really a lot of, weren't any available. They need their current players to play better. Like George Springer needs to come around. Like George Springer's been playing terribly.
1: Um, Everybody said that all year.
2: Yep. He has not come around. And we, and everybody, including myself, just assumed eventually that would happen. And it hasn't. And it's gotten worse. Like he's in his biggest slump of the season right now. Uh, Guerrero needs to come around. Like Guerrero can't have an OPS that starts with a seven. Like that's, that's not Vladimir Guerrero. That's nope. not a superstar. Like no, he, he needs not. to have an OPS that if it starts with an eight, that next number needs to be like a seven or an eight or something like that. And, you know, he needs to come around. Dalton Varsho needs to come around like there where the blue Jays need to improve is just their current players. Their, and big name players um, just need to play better. And it's hitters. Their pitching is fine. Their bullpens near the top of the league. Mm-hmm. Their rotation's fine. Um, they've got extra depth with Ryu coming back They're, they just need their hitters to hit better.
1: Yep. Absolutely yeah. right. And, and
2: adding like another, like them getting like a Garrett Cooper or something like that. That wasn't going to do anything for them.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's right.
2: Yeah. That's right. So, so like I said, I'm whelmed. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, we, we can fly through the next two teams in the AL East, the Yankees and the Red Sox barely did anything. Yeah. Uh, the Red Sox got Luis Urias from the uh, Brewers and the Yankees got Keenan Middleton from the uh, White Sox really late. And even later, Spencer Howard from the Rangers for cash considerations. Rangers basically out of 40-man roster spots. That's where the Yankees are at. They're taking, you know, they're they're sweeping in to take 40-man roster spot guys. Now, I'll say Brian Cashman's good at that. And turning Spencer Howard back into a decent reliever might be something they can do. But um, th- what happened to improving the Yankees' offense?
2: I think the Yankees have given up. Like, I really do. I think their games in recent days have made them decide that this just isn't like, there are 10 games out in the division. Mm-hmm. Um Like, I think there's just no offense there. Like they're they, like judge would have to go on such a monster run to boost up this lineup. And then it like, we keep coming back to like, where, what were you going to get? Like Tay Oscar would have been a perfect fit for them. Yeah. That ballpark for the rest of the year as an impact bat, like that, that might've been something they could try to do. But if the Mariners were asking for a lot for them, I think, I kind of think the Yankees have just given up and they're not going to be bad. They're going to be like a 500 team for the rest of the season. And then they're going to retool and try to make the playoffs next year. But I think, I think the playoff string is done. I think they've given up on this year.
1: Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, just, it's so, just
2: so not used to seeing that from them.
1: Yeah. If yeah. You took I agree. The
2: Yankees line roster and put them on anyone else's like team page. You would look at that roster And be like, and and where they are in the standings and be like, "Eh, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think we're adding to this thing. Right. I I think, do you think I'm being too harsh on them? Do you think that they should have added?
1: I mean, you're paying for Aaron judge every year, right? Yeah. Uh, You just paid for Carlos Radon this year. You got Garrett Cole on the roster. You've got a really good starting pitch, really good pitching all around actually. But I mean, I I don't know. I, I, it, it starts with like, like Anthony Rizzo. He yeah on on the July twenty third, which is basically you know a week ago, he uh you know actually I'm I'm looking at the wrong uh, wrong calendar but yeah it's still basically a week ago a week and two days ago he went four for four with a homer. It was his first homer since May twentieth. Since then, of course, twenty seven plate appearances. He's gone. He's hit one twenty. He's had ten ks and one walk. Um, he he's been awful again. He's in the middle of your lineup every single day, I guess, and that's just emblematic of their problems.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. They've got these players that are older and just are so uh, unexciting. You're not performing whatever however you want to put it, but LeMay same thing. I just, I also look at their lineup. I guess the the way they would have had to do it is trade for someone and then just bench some of these high price veterans that are just underperforming. Mm -hmm. They could, I guess they could move off Volpe for the rest of the season, but I don't think they want to do that. Um, yeah, I just think like they could they could have gotten Teoscar and they could have maybe put him in in the outfield and maybe they sit Jake Bowers or maybe that
1: lead-off the- hitter Jake Yeah, Bowers, I was going to say
2: but way. he yeah, they're batting him lead-off again tonight. So it's like they consider him to be one of their better players right now. So I don't know if benching him really makes sense. And then on the pitching side, like I don't know what they really do have like 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 Rodón hasn't been effective since coming back. Severino mm-hmm. hasn't had a good year. I don't know what they're going to get from Herman going forward now. Um, behind Garrett Cole, like there's not much that's exciting right now when you compare their rotation to, say, the Blue Jays' rotation, or their rotation to the Astros' rotation, or Texas's rotation, or the Twins' rotation. Like, right. Um, and their bullpen is is good, but not like completely insanely amazing. Like we have seen it at some points during their their great runs. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is just a team that maybe needs to ride out the string. I'm maybe a little surprised that they couldn't throw a little money on with some of their veterans. Like maybe someone would have taken LeMahieu if they paid some of his contract and just given them someone for him. Maybe not. Maybe they couldn't do that. Or Kiner Flefka. There was a a rumor that the Jays were in on him and then went to De Young instead.
1: Yeah. Yep. Maybe kind of
2: same, uh... same different kind of guy, but same level of player. Yeah.
1: So, um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it just, it, it, I guess it's really difficult. Um, you know, and by the way, the Red Sox did nothing curious who they traded for, they optioned a so yeah, triple a, so that kind of tells you, long term I mean.
2: play for them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Huge long term. No. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, it was very challenging to see, uh, see that, but I actually think the Red Sox are, aren't, bad. I mean, I, I don't know if they get there this year. I would have liked to seen another starting pitcher like everybody else who needs another starting pitcher, Uh, especially because they continue to use Pavetta as like with an opener in front of them more often than not. Pavetta has been really good. Really good. Really good. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe
2: maybe that was part of their thinking is, you know, we think we think we can, this is sustainable for the rest of the season. uh, They're not going to add a starting pitcher.
1: They are, but they are the classic injured player coming back is our trade deadline acquisition team uh, with two guys with, with Chris sale. And with uh, Trevor Story, both.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And then there's a scenario for the Red Sox where those two players come back, play well. You know, Tristan Casas keeps hitting. You know, you know Devers had Devers had any has had a, like a good Devers has had a good year, but not like crazy good. Like he's averaged like two sixty six or something. He's had a really good year, but he could go on fire. Like he's mm-hmm. that kind of player. At some right. point, he could go on fire. By the way, I'm- I was looking at third base values in fantasy so far this year. Speaking of Red Sox. And at Yahoo, they had Justin Turner ahead of Devers so far this year, which is just wild to think. Like, so like uh, Justin Turner's had a really nice year for them, and maybe he can keep it going. But yeah, maybe there's a scenario where things kind of click with them. uh, Story comes back, sale comes back, and and they do squeak into the playoffs.
1: They're only two and a half games out.
2: Absolutely. Yep. So. Yeah. And the blue Jays are a little bit vulnerable now with the Bichette injury. Like we'll see, they say it's mm-hmm. not going to be long we'll see what happens. So there's a team that maybe they could climb over. It's hard to think about catching Texas and Houston now after they just added aces, you know, when other teams didn't go to that level, although Texas kind of added an ace and lost an ace
3: right yeah. with
2: Ivaldi Evaldi going down. I mean, sure. There's a bigger name than Ivaldi, but Ivaldi had pitched so well this year
3: for sure. That's yeah.
1: true. Yeah. Um, All right, before we get into the Dodgers, the Marlins, and the Reds, their lack of activity at the Reds, we do have to take care of a little business. We know the weather can impact how far a ball can fly, but we never know what all the heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. The Home Run Forecast Index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for ball flight. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is displayed on a scale from 1 to 10. One being the most favorable or most unfavorable, excuse me, unfavorable for good ball flight, and 10 indicating the most favorable error. There is a strong correlation between the index and the number of runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit. Games have the highest index 10 for the whole game, average over 10 runs and 2.8 homers over the course of the year. It's kind of like every game in course field or Great American Ballpark in the summertime. An index is created for each game, so you can see what it will be in any stadium and how the weather's influence might change over the course of the game, as well as the wind direction. Right now, you can get access to the HRF premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour of every game. Go to homerunforecast.com now to sign up. Once again, that's homerunforecast.com. All right. All right. Let's talk a little Dodgers here, Fred. Uh, And then we'll hit the Marlins and then the Reds and we can fill in any others we want to uh, do. But the Dodgers, uh, the the big story for them today was the noteworthy story was what they didn't do. They did not get Eduardo Rodriguez. They did not get another starting pitcher. They, after getting Lance Lynn over the weekend, they, they fell short in their quest to get another veteran starter.
2: Yeah. That's gotta be a tough one for Dodgers fans and Dodgers management, I guess. Like, they can't get mad at the management. They had a trade arranged for Eduardo Rodriguez and then he nixed it and decided he's going to stay in Detroit. And I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't know the answer on that. We'll probably find out at some point what was his thinking behind wanting to stay in Detroit. Uh, you'd think the ability to leave the Tigers and go and play on a really good Dodgers team pitching the postseason this year would be a really great opportunity for him, but uh,
1: Well, there's a couple things we we don't know everything that happened, but two things, you know, he had 10 teams on that no trade clause list. Yep, it's there to give him the leverage. Right. Um, And otherwise he gets to opt out at the end of the year. Um, So if you think about that, the Dodgers are probably trying to get him to not use that opt out clause. Uh, They're trying to find a way to get him to accept a deal with and then knowing that it's more than a rental. They couldn't come to terms on that. He may say they want to be more on the East Coast. I've seen that going around, but this is one indication where he has the leverage. That the Tigers also, in a way, have that leverage. They're the ones that offered that deal to him in the first place. They negotiated that deal. You know, I say, you know, if you're Rodriguez, good for you for exercising your rights, um, especially when you know you're going to be a free agent at the end of the year.
2: Yep, it's totally a possibility. Also, Rodriguez missed about half a last season. Uh, Mm -hmm. with personal issues that took him away from the team. And maybe he's just like, we don't know what's happened in his personal life since then. So maybe he's just decided to like, you know what? I'm comfortable in Detroit. Things are going well for me in my personal life. Now I'm pitching. Well, I'm not going out to LA for maybe reasons that have nothing to do with baseball. I'm not going out to LA for the next three months. And, You know, like, I think I can stay in Detroit and have similar stats for the rest of the season and set myself up for a good payday in free agency. And I'm not going to take, you know, I've already been through a rocky season last year um, off the field. I'm not going to I'm not going to tempt that again. So maybe it was just that maybe he was like, you know what, if I don't see a situation where I feel like off the field is perfect for me, I'm staying where I am.
1: Yeah, and that's his Uh prerogative. Yeah,
2: it but is tough for the Dodgers that they were not able because that that news kind of came out around an hour before the deadline. So tough for them that they were not able to uh, to pivot to someone else of, of, you know, better than Ryan Yarbrough.
1: I think also I think it's noteworthy that the Dodgers didn't trade any of their big name prospects. This is a deep farm system, a really strong farm system, some big names at the top. You know, they didn't trade away and and they didn't trade Miguel Vargas, for instance. So I thought they could have, you know, they sent him down, didn't didn't trade him away. You know, DePaula didn't get dealt. Gavin Stone didn't get dealt. Vargas didn't get dealt. None of their catcher prospects, uh, Dalton Rushing or Cartaya. None of those guys got dealt. They, They 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 were clearly going for rentals. They were clearly going for low price additions. Why? Because they didn't want to go over the luxury tax threshold. And they want to, you know, go big after Otani in the offseason.
2: That's right. Yeah. I think the Otani thing is, yeah, looming over all that, which is what made now. So now I'm not sure if they really cared if Rodriguez opted out or not. Right. Like maybe they, Mm -hmm. maybe they were like, this guy's perfect. He's going to pitch well for us for the rest of the year. Then he's going to opt out. And then that just clears the deck for Otani. Although, I mean, Otani can't be the only player that you have. Having Rodriguez would still be helpful. Uh, But Anyways, yeah, it's uh, I think that's where maybe I guess where the Dodgers are at now is just they they could win the World Series this year with this team. I think it's possible, but not likely, but possible. And right. then but it's all about clearing the deck for Otani.
1: And it's there is no super team, I think, in baseball. The Braves are as close as it gets, but they I think they're still flawed with their starting rotation No, or they, the Braves yeah. didn't get a starter either, for that matter. I was
2: surprised that the Braves didn't add more. At the deadline. Right. They,
1: they just added some some bullpen parts here and there, and Nikki Lopez. Yay, Nikki Lopez. Yeah, I was um,
2: yeah, like I was a little surprised that they didn't add more at the deadline, but you know they've yeah. done really well. So I guess they've decided they're good enough with what the asking prices were. But
1: and and honestly, the Dodgers, are, despite all their flaws, which we've enumerated before, um, enumerated even, uh, there's still 14 games over 500. This yep. is essentially what they kind of said to everybody by how they acted this offseason letting Trey Turner go uh you know trading away Justin Turner you know or letting Justin Turner walk you know not uh, picking up the option on Cody Bellinger you know th- that actually kind of blew uh blew up in their face a little bit to be honest uh, I was a little surprised that uh they you know that they a they didn't they didn't keep him around and be that he's tr- it's turned out so well for the Cubs uh but point is you know Kind of follow, you know, their behavior at the deadline kind of follows their behavior in the offseason. They'll do some little things here and there, but they're not making that big, massive swing. You know, they added Ryan Yarbrough. They added two right handed bets. Ahmed Rosario was, you know, that's a fine ad. They gave up Thor. They were so desperate for starting pitching and they disliked Thor so much that they, del- they dealt him away before he could even throw an inning before coming off the IL.
2: And that was a smart move. That was addition by subtraction, getting rid of Thor. Yeah, you can see when you look at their depth chart, they've got the three left-handed hitting outfielders, Peralta, Hayward, Outman, Mm -hmm. which is remarkable to think that a Dodgers team is going to go into the playoffs with that as their starting outfield, but that is it. And then they've got the three right-handed hitters on the bench in Rosario, Chris Taylor, and Hernandez. Who they can put all of those in the starting lineup against a lefty, and then have the other three on the bench when a right-handed mm-hmm. reliever comes in. So they they've got studs at the top. They're going to mix and match at the bottom of the lineup throughout the game. They did add Lance Lynn, which we'll see, but there is potential there. Like there's potential for Lance Lynn. Like we know that he's had a lot of good seasons in his career, so there's potential for Lance Lynn to help them a lot. Rodriguez would have been, I think, the icing on the cake for for a pitching staff that could really use him. But uh, and some more bullpen help for a bullpen that hasn't been as good as we're used to from the Dodgers this year. But the nationally continue uh, to me, the nationally continues to be still the Braves and then everybody else. And the, uh, like you said, I, I the, don't Braves
1: disagree with that. Yeah.
2: the Braves are vulnerable in the starting pitching side. Like, like Bryce elder could, could really, Downturn at some point and
1: already has you know, kind of, yeah, he has.
2: That's what I mean. I mean, really downturn to the point where he's getting the Tyler Wells treatment.
1: No, Jeff, really downturn,
2: yeah, really yeah. like Tyler Wells downturn. Like you are no longer yeah. on our in our rotation yeah. downturn. And Yanni Trinos, like we'll see, <laughs> like how what they get out of him. Hopefully, it's good, but we'll see what they get out of him. It, that's definitely no sure thing, but you know, they'll get Max if they get Max freed back and they have. You know they're good starting like Freed, Morton, Strider, Elder are all healthy and somewhat effective. The rest of the way, it's it's still a really good team. Like that lineup is is just awesome.
1: Yep. Let's yeah. talk about a team whose whose fan base is probably pretty happy with what they did, even if they weren't huge names. They were buyers at the trade deadline, and that's the the Marlins. The Marlins are buyers, and the Mets are sellers. What a turnaround!
2: Yep. Yeah, Show, showing that it's not just your budget; it's also how you actually do on the field. Yep. That guides some of this. Yeah. So the Marlins. Made like an interesting swap where they have sent out Garrett Cooper and brought in Josh Bell. That feels like like about an even. To me, it feels like about an even swap. And then they've added Jake Berger. Um, yeah, so I guess that helps. And, and that was an interesting
1: trade on that. Let's talk Berger. burger yeah. for Eder. Uh, Eder or Eder? How's it pronounced? Do you know?
2: I do. I do not. But I know that he sorry. was their. Yeah, sorry, their fourth ranked. Uh, in a lot of systems, their fourth ranked prospect going into the deadline. Mm-hmm. So they gave up someone who's like was significant on their prospect list, at least. So I just have, have MLB.com up. They already have Eater. I'll go with eater as their, as the fourth ranked prospect on the white Sox.
1: Yeah. Uh, number Lasky. seven, 173 on James Anderson's recently updated list, okay. which you can check out for free, by the way, all I have to do is, and we have, he has them as their number two prospect, believe it or okay. not. You can check that out. Rotowire.com slash pod. And we've extended the deal that we're doing with Fantasy Cares as well. So you go get that free free trial. It's a couple of days. Peek behind the paywall. No credit card required. If you, for every person that does that, we'll da- donate a dollar to fantasycares.org. It's the uh, same charity that Scott Fishbowl uh, benefits. So we, we are a big believer in that company, that that organization. So Rotowire.com slash pod free trial we donate a dollar, dollar to fancy cares you check out the prospect list as you're getting ready for a big week in terms of free agent bidding. if you're in uh, if you've got like a fat free agent period and score sheet a lot of these prospects that you're getting traded are guys that you're going to be trying to pick up so check that out slash uh, pod you do get football stuff along with the membership thanks Uncle Ted for the question that's a very good question yes you do rotowire.com slash pod, get access to all of our uh, season-long fantasy content with that free trial. All right, Fred. So, all that said, little ad pitch in the middle there. Uh, not yeah. even an ad pitch, just telling us what, what, what we have yeah. available. But So, Jake Berger, you know, quietly has 25 homers this year. Maybe not yeah. quietly for the people that have them. Uh, you know, it's about homer or nothing, though, is the interesting thing about him. Hitting 214, 279 on base, but slugging 527 25 homers and 323 plate appearances. He's going to start at third base pretty much for uh, the Marlins, I would guess.
2: Yeah. So the park switch isn't a favorable one for him, uh, but he does get, get off a White Sox team that seems to be kind of just can't get out of their own way. And he's on a mm-hmm. team that's exciting and trying to make it into the postseason. I don't know if long term, if Jake Berger is going to be like a fantasy asset and a good MLB player, like, like guys like him with like just abysmal strikeout to walk rates um, who are just kind of almost purely relying on the long ball. Right. Like he's going to walk a very fine line. Like I could see him having some bad seasons where the on base percentage is two sixty and the power is not quite, if the power is not quite sure is there. And so I don't think this is a, this seems to me to be a good sell high for the Marlins or sorry for the White Sox. To me, that seems to be a good sell high for the White Sox. I agree. You know from a fantasy perspective, um, I mean, it locks Berger into a regular spot on a team that's trying to win and a team that has a lineup. That's not great, but not terrible. Like he's around some jazz Chisholm's back. Brian De La Cruz is having a decent season. So having a good year. Arias obviously is a on base machine. Like, yeah, he's in a decent lineup now. Like I said, the park won't do him any, any favors, but it is cool that between Berger and David Robertson, You know, the Marlins, even with a losing streak at one point in July, the Marlins are in.
1: This uh, is a weird trade deadline for the Marlins, though. Yeah, I got to say, because they didn't improve at catcher. It's still Stallings and Fortes. They didn't add a starting pitcher. You know, Trevor Rogers and Max Meyer on the I.L. Yuri Perez is coming back at some point. That's their that's their version of this guy is our trade deadline acquisition pitcher. Uh, but they did markedly improve their open they added a closer in David Robertson, you know, puck is obviously out in that, in that role. Now uh, they, they trade for Jorge Lopez in, in addition, but it, it's just, I, I don't think it's enough. And then Josh bell, obviously at first base, you know, swapped out Josh, you know, put in Josh bell for Garrett Cooper.
2: Yeah. Which to me, to me really feels like a wash. Um, I do think from a baseball perspective, more than a fantasy perspective, them getting Johnny Cueto back, um, a little over a week ago Like yeah. I could totally see Johnny Quato Just giving them a series of like Five or six innings You know three runs allowed Nothing exciting but just Using his spot in the rotation Finishes the year with maybe a 4.2 ERA you know soaks up Some starts for them keeps them in some ball games I could see him doing that for that team Kind of similarly So how about this I could see Johnny Quato Pitching just as well for the rest of the season As Jack Flaherty for example I could see and, that, and, and they and they added him off their IL, so um, so he's a boost to their rotation in his own way. He's an unexciting. I could see him pitching just as well as Michael Lorenzen, who we haven't got to yet, but is picked up by their rival, the Phillies. So right. they just added Cueto back. Yeah, they'll get Perez at some point for some amount of time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the, I think the Marlins are good enough that they're going to hang around the dividing line at the wildcard spot all the way to the end of the season. I don't think they're good enough to pull away where they're sitting there in the last week, like resting guys. But I think that I don't think they're bad. I think that they'll, they'll sit there right around the wild card spot. How about this? I think that's a better roster than the reds right now. Ooh,
1: shots fired or
2: any, any NL central team. I think that it's a more complete roster because the reds have such issues with pitching right now and didn't acquire anyone. Um,
1: stunningly added nobody, nobody, Just not nobody. even a Jack Flaherty, not they, even a Michael Lorenzen. They added one left-handed reliever, Sam mall. Uh, that's it. That's the yeah. list. Uh, th- I, I, I see the argument that the reds were playing with house money. My counter argument is the Mets are trading off. The Padres have a long way to go to catch up. The Cardinals are trading off the teams that are around them, the brewers, the Cubs, the diamondbacks, the Marlins, the giants are all gettable. Um, yep. this is a rare opportunity when you have a chance to make it, you do it is the way I look at it. And instead they said, uh, oh, we're, 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 we're not going to give away any of our prospects. And maybe it was just a really crappy market. Maybe just like, you know, yep. e- they're asking like in cars strand for Erod and for two months of Erod, in which case I'd say, I'd probably say no too. Yep. um, Maybe, you know, the Cardinals said, we're not going to trade with you. You know, that's still a possibility, right? Um, I don't think the Cardinals behave like that, but it's possible. Maybe especially with the Reds. I don't know. Uh, but nonetheless, it it was frustrating to see the Reds do nothing except add the tactical reliever. Uh, you know, and Hunter Green can't come back until August 17th, by the way. Lodolo is not coming back until at least then, if not, if not, if maybe even September, there's no help walking through that door.
2: Yeah, that's right. And, I mean, in their defense, I guess, the Brewers didn't add much either. Like, Mark Canna's probably not going to swing this race.
1: Carlos Santana's a pretty good yeah, actor. Actually, you're right.
2: You're right. I'm thinking back. I'm more just thinking the last two days. You're right. I'm to- you're yeah, totally right. That all, that counts I, I didn't too. trace yeah. that one back enough because it goes back about a week. But you're right. That's a deadline ad. You're right. That That is, a that is a, a I think, a significant piece for them. I don't think Carlos Santana's awesome, but he's hitting third in their lineup. So. Yeah.
1: They added Chafin today too, Andrew Chaffin as yeah. a lefty piece. So this yeah. is a deep bullpen. Brewers bullpen is far superior to the Reds bullpen. Absolutely, um, the big the advantage Brewers, for them.
2: I think the Brewers like are better than like when, because the pitching is such a difference on the mm-hmm. Brewers that the Brewers are better than the Reds. But that doesn't mean they're going to beat the Reds. The Reds can hit a bit and like they could still squeak their way in. And if you're if you believe in all these soft skill type things, the experience of a playoff run like to get into the playoffs and then the experience of even one series would be valuable for all these young reds for sure to learn what it's like. I mean, you know, some people scoff at that pure stats. People are like, ah, whatever. But the people who are more on the scout side, like those people will say like just a feel of what playoff baseball is like, even if it was one series and they lost would be, you know, and they'll get, and if they, and if they, um, if they win the division, they'll get home field for that one series. Right. So, right. Yeah.
1: Um I, I think all yeah, I think all those things are valuable. Um and plus the Brewers are also getting Woodruff back too. Um that's come he's got a rehab start tonight, actually. And then he mm-hmm. might come back this weekend or next week. Uh point is that that's another big ad. If you know, we'll see if it's a big ad. He's coming back from a shoulder problem. And those are you're never sure. But I, I was disappointed the resident disappointed but not surprised that the resident do more I, I prepared to be disappointed so i'm not like oh an agony yep. but i kind of like at the same time what is, even like a league average arm how how could it be worse than luke well, like i
2: said michael lorenzen is who we haven't talked about yet yeah. but let's like, do that yeah. like michael lorenzen is probably the epitome this year he's he's actually outperformed right his probably his skill set a little bit but mm-hmm. he's got a 110 whip like that's, that's really good um yep but he's probably about the epitome of a league average or arm.
1: Oh, and he's a total sell high too. I mean, if there is such a thing as a sell high on the market, it was Lorenzen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're going with a six man rotation, which I find interesting. Uh, so yeah, I don't know what, what, uh, what that brings in the long term for them, but, uh, you know, it's, you know, you know, I think eventually Christopher, Christopher Sanchez or Ranger Suarez will probably move to the bullpen. It might be some, uh, there might be uh, some issues there, at least in terms of uh, you know, innings, limits, things of that nature. Yeah. But still, I like, I like what the Phillies did there. I think uh, th- the
2: Phillies, I think the like, Sanchez has just been too good to take yeah. him out of the rotation right now.
1: He has. He yeah. has. But it gives them a little bit of a, okay, just in case sort of thing. Yep. Uh, they Noteworthy, though, they didn't do much else. Uh you know, I, I kind of thought maybe they do a little bit more, but they they did they have spent a lot the last couple of years. They could lose Aaron Nola at the end of the year this year. That was one of the things where I was like, well, maybe they'll go with a bigger deal. Then again, what do they have to deal with? Andrew Painter is not coming back anytime soon. No one's going to trade for him as a top prospect. They don't have a, a, a very deep farm system, so maybe nope. that's why they didn't do anything bigger. Real Muto got scratched today, by the way, with a hand injury. It's just a yeah. cut on his hand, but uh, it's at, per Matt Gelb. Of uh, the athletic, he said it's a huge gash on his throwing hand. Mm. Um, didn't he have like that hand injury, suffer the day of the labor draft or the day after the labor draft that yeah. one year?
2: Yeah, I do. I remember that. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Trey Turner has been a big disappointment so far. And hey, they spent the money on Trey Turner. He's down hitting sixth now, hitting 242, 296, 378. Really awful season.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've had some highs and lows. Like, Kyle Schwarber's hitting the 100s, you know, for most of the year. Um, but Alec Baum's having a pretty good year. Bryson uh-huh. Stotts had a better year yeah. than people were expecting. So they've had some ups.
1: Marsh. Too. Yes.
2: Uh, although Marsh kind of got was good and then tailed off. And he's come back a little bit recently. Uh-huh. He's had he's had highs and lows just himself this year. Either way, I think this Phillies team is good enough that I do think they'll be one of the wildcard teams there's just a like enough in that rotate. like unless Nola's like if and Nola's also the kind of guy he can go up and down within a season and could go on a run. We is good, like they they've got those twin aces at the top and then they've got now depth behind them. They're
1: dangerous, Blinders, yep. yeah.
2: Like Turner could come around at any point. Like no one would be surprised if Turner for hit, sure came around hit yeah. three hundred from this point forward. So if I was picking teams in the NL to grab the wild card spots right now, yeah, the Phillies would definitely be one of them and Lorenzen. Yeah. He's not a big move, but like you said, he's the exact type of player that a team like the reds would have benefited from getting just someone who could hopefully give them like a four ERA and start every fifth day the rest of the way.
1: Yeah. Despite, yeah. uh, Marsh's lows, Brandon Marsh's lows. He's still got an eight twenty OPS. OPS yeah. and plays superb defense in center field. Um, yeah he's been a winning player for this team this year for sure Uh,
2: yeah absolutely and he did he was one of those guys at the beginning of the year like april he had an ops over a thousand and all the indicators said he was playing way over his head
3: and then Mm -hmm. may he
2: had a 599 ops and just everything bottomed out and then since then june is 754 so like okay he only hit two home runs the whole month but whatever and then july he didn't hit any home runs but he had an 822 ops he hit hit some doubles and you know, hit 288. So yeah, he's been kind of a little bit all over the map this year. But as you said, with good defense and an 820 OPS, hard to complain. Yep, Especially for a guy who hits low in your lineup.
1: Yeah, that's also true. Yeah. Um, Hinjin Ryu making his debut for the Jays. This is another one of those injured player comes back and is an acquisition. He's losing one nothing. I think it's about to be two nothing. But, you know, uh, you know, it's still what do you think about Hinge and Ryu going forward? So,
2: yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in his comeback this year. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, they're going six man for now because they're in a stretch of 17 and 17. And yeah. so, sure. Um, I'm not optimistic about Alec Manoa, but mm-hmm. I do. I am more optimistic about Alec Manoa than Ryu. Okay. I Fair. don't think Ryu's like, radar gun readings are what they need to be right now. And if I had to guess, I don't know. I just, I don't have a good feeling. I didn't even look for him on the waiver wire, even in my 15 team leads. I didn't even, I didn't even look at him even with starting pitching. Yeah. You know, hard to come by. um, Maybe I'll be wrong. Hopefully, hopefully I'll be wrong. Although apparently I'm not watching the game and apparently I'm right so far. Um,
1: Two, nothing on top of the first two outs. Now Uh, they just, he just got a, uh, you know, couldn't complete. They couldn't complete the double play. Uh, The batter beat it out. I'm not sure. Really
2: see some air come out of the blue Jays balloon here where, yeah, like they had been playing well and the Orioles came come to town for four. And I think they were four and a half out at the start of that series. And now game one, they lose and they lose Bichette. And he's probably out for at least yeah. the rest of the series. Like if this series goes poorly for them, I could feel they could get it back. Like the Orioles, they're not really chasing the Orioles. The Orioles yeah. are winning the division. Like if they want a wild card spot, they're not really chasing the Orioles. But uh, yeah, I, f- I could feel some air from Blue Jays fans come out of the balloon last night when they lost and Bichette got hurt.
1: Yeah. Player on a leg injury playing their home games on artificial turf. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not great. Yeah, so. Not great, Bob. And, you know, it's funny how the Blue Jays are this year's Red Sox. It's just getting slaughtered by their own division.
2: Yeah, that's what's that's what's happened to them, which, as I mentioned to you with with the Reds and the Brewers, and now I'll turn it back on my own team, like in, in, in this. Era <laughs> Karma comes balance. around real
1: fast, Fred.
2: Yep. In this era <laughs> of balanced schedules, it isn't bad. It, I do find it a little refreshing to see a team where you're like, hey, you know, you got to beat. You got to beat your rivals. You can't. It's not good enough to go beat the Royals. It's not good enough to go, you know, beat the Angels or something like that. You got to beat yeah. your rivals if you want to, uh, if you want to get up to the top of your division. So I think that is interesting. But and I've definitely seen on Bichette because I'm sure some fantasy owners are like freaking out How about mm-hmm. that one. I've definitely seen on Bichette mixed messages from the Blue Jays. Like I've seen we're not sure if we're going to put him on the a- IL. And then I think Ross Atkins had a comment this afternoon though that was more like we're very confident that or we're quite confident that Bo will contribute to our team again this season. And I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute.
1: The very nebulous, no structural damage comment also.
2: Yeah, so like the first comment was kind of made me feel like he would be back like this weekend or early next week or at worst a short eye stint. And then the next one, I was like, wait a minute. He's an interesting guy, by the way, for fantasy, depending on how he goes from this. Like he's hit well this year, but more just like typical Bichette. He's hitting 321, Mm -hmm. which is a little better than he usually does, but. 847 OPS is basically exactly the same as what he usually does. And he's not stealing bases again. This is three this year after 13 last year. And now with the knee, like I bet he's going to finish the season with five steals or less.
1: I didn't realize he was only at three. three that, is I, I, we three. talked about his decline last year in the, the sprint speed. Remember? Yep. Um, and sure enough, that's a, that's a pretty good uh, indicator for future stolen bases. Not Maybe not even this year, but for the following year, when you see, start to see that decline, you know it's going to be a little bit tougher going forward. Uh, one more team I wanted to talk about, well, two teams. Uh, one trade that kind of sparked the conversation, and that is the Rays trading trading for Aaron Savalli. I think that was like a very targeted, perfect trade for them, but they gave up a lot in Manzardo too.
2: Absolutely, because it's the Rays, we just we're going to assume that they know what they're doing, and that like all the ERA indicators say that Savalli's pitched way over his head this year, but. But, but pitching over your head is what raised pitchers do. So, so
1: And he's have, a big spin guy, and that's yeah. something that raised pitchers uh, also do.
2: I, if, I, if I have Savali, like I'm doing cartwheels, I'm thinking this is great. Because yeah. to me, this just increases the, he's not going to be better. Like he said 234 ERA and a 104 whip. He's not going to be better. But he, this raises my hopes that he can be similar the rest mm-hmm. of the way, which is still – like which would be amazing. So, yeah, I think this is, a like you said, a targeted acquisition – they traded someone who is a good prospect, who dynasty people will be really interested in, um, but who in the minors has not hit lefties, so
1: and has had a kind of a tough year, a tough oh. year this year, professionally so, and personally. There's some like family, like I think he had was uh, away from the team for a while dealing with a personal issue. Uh, I don't, I don't even know if he's back. But and James and James's uh, recent rankings, yeah, he's still away right now. Is listed yeah. as a shoulder, but there's also. Uh, other issues going on. I think, and I don't know what those are. Uh, I don't want to kind of wait well, yeah. too much on them, but yeah, you know, he went from a 987 OPS last year in double A to 784 in triple A this year. Granted, he's 22 years old. He's one of the younger players in triple A. So perhaps we need to kind of not react too much to this season.
2: Yeah, I think Jeff Zimmerman uh, tweeted out some comps to him through Fangraphs, and they were good. Like yeah, some, some major league comps for him in Fangraphs, and they were really good. So, but he does have that range of outcomes where it, it does seem like this is someone who, like, could could get his act back together next year and become, yeah. at the very worst, a good major league power hitter who you start against right-handers for sure. You know whether you can start him against lefties or not. Um, yeah, so it does get him out of that raise organization that would have platooned the crap out of him. If, if that was, his, if you know, if he had ended up sticking with them and maybe with Cleveland, he'll get a better runway to develop his ability to hit lefties, which is would be part of the key to him unlocking maybe like like full fantasy potential. But yeah, yeah I think that's I do. I do. I, like you said, I think target is a great way to put that trade where maybe the Rays identified Savali. It's also really interesting to see the Guardians trading away a player when they are like right on the cusp. Like right. One game. Out.
1: Multiple players. Two now. That's right. They
2: traded Josh Bell.
1: And Ahmed Rosario.
2: And Ahmed Rosario, who I don't know if the way he was playing this year, like wasn't really helping them, but um like he was having a pretty bad year. But but Josh Bell, Josh Bell had, had a really bad start to the year and then turned things around and had been okay. So
3: one yeah, like, they're one game out in the like, like, year. Like
2: there's no real way to sugarcoat this. They're Cleveland's kind of giving up.
1: It's kind of a white flag deal. I, I think they view it as you know, how else are we going to get a hitting prospect yep. like Manzardo? The only way to do that is to trade a viable starting pitcher um, and to a team. and, and you know it, it's kind of a, mix, uh, a perfect ma- match of organizations. The Guardians are kind of deep in young pitching, right? They have a number of these rookies in the rotation. they're good at developing pitchers. You know the Rays are good at developing pitchers too, but they, they're, they're needing arms right now. Uh, meanwhile, the Rays have a 40 man roster crunch every year. Um, it seems like they they are they they have like still three or four top 50 prospects in James's list. They've got the number six prospect in Camonero, the number 10 prospect in Curtis Mead. Point is, they're, they're doing all right, yeah. they're they they they'll be okay even without Lanzardo. Uh, they still have you know, they still have uh, Xavier Isaac, that is a top 50 guy. Brendan T- Braden Taylor is another guy that just they just drafted who that you know is already in the our top 100. So you can look at it from that standpoint. I mean they're doing okay. So you know, yes, you don't want to just give away a prospect, but this is one of those things where both teams are really helped.
2: Yeah, um, along the lines of, back to Cleveland for a sec. Along the lines of them giving up, uh, they traded for Gene Segura in the Bell trade, and and apparently they're cutting them. Aren't even keeping them on the roster. So, so that
1: was, uh, you know, we're gonna take this luxury tax hit.
2: Yeah, so I guess so. So they picked up Segura, and again, this to me is like like Segura is not having a good season. But actually, in July, he looked a lot like Gene Segura. He hit two seventy seven playing full time. That's that's Gene Segura. He hits two seventy seven, huh. not much power, and like like a Cleveland team that has like nothing on the bench right now on their right. depth chart didn't want to just keep Gene Segura around for the rest of the season. I find that one really, again, they already I, have I,
1: released him. Yeah.
2: Yeah. One but, so game.
1: this, they were trading for Khalil Watson then. In other sure.
2: Words. For sure. I'm just, why I'm just shocked that they wouldn't want to have Segura who could easily hit for them at least 250, if not hit close to 300, the rest of the way, at least have him as a rotational piece in their, on mm-hmm. their team when they're one game out. But so to cut him, he's like Gene Segura, I think is going to get picked up in pretty short order by somebody
1: very odd
2: yeah that one that might be my most surprising just it's not it's not earth shattering i have cigar i have him in my lineup in tout
1: i picked him up in one league somewhere i forget which one like it's a
2: bit of an empty batting average but it's still it was with the marlins it was it had become again a batting average and the occasional counting stats so
1: not lately not even lately though i mean he's hitting 217 for the season even like the last 21 days, 235, 250, 353, 250 on base is a killer. So yeah, I guess I see it, but wow. He's not
2: having a good year, but I still am surprised that they wouldn't want him just as a bench player, you know, can field multiple positions. I'm surprised they wouldn't want to have him for the rest of the year. I guess they'd rather have Tyler
1: Freeman and Gabriel Arias, I guess, right? Again,
2: it makes me feel like they're giving up. Like they're just saying, let's just play someone else. Let's just play someone who might be in the organization.
1: Yeah. Well and you know, they're they're down to like three and a half starters right now. Tanner Bibe, Gavin Williams, and Logan yep. Allen, and then Xavion Curry Curry has been kind of like an opener. Yep. Uh Thor is David.
2: Jeff, I don't know if your mic cut out, but, Oops, sorry but there you that. go. You're My... back. I missed, your I missed your wise Notice thoughts. Um... I missed your wise thoughts. um I will say that, yeah, that Cleveland rotation is not making the playoffs. You know, I think I think they've given up. I think they see McKenzie's not back for a while. Bieber, like this it's just not their year. And if they somehow went like ass backwards into the playoffs, they're gonna be there for all of about two games. So you know, right. to whatever the minimum is. Right. So I think, I think they're done. I think they just said like the Yankees, they said, I mean, even more so. They said, Minnesota, go ahead, take the division. Okay. You can have the one playoff series. We're going to regroup.
1: Yep. Uh The thumbnail edition of what I said was Thor's on the roster too. Yeah. <laughs> Basically that's it. He, he's dealing with a hammy though. He might yeah. even go on the IL his own right there. Yeah. So
2: yeah. That was yeah. another puzzling trade. I don't like, I know Ahmed Rosario is not having a good year, but Thor, like, really? Yeah, like you wanted Thor. It doesn't make a lot of to me. That doesn't make much sense either.
1: And it wasn't like oh, we'll take Thor so we can get a we can also get a prospect. You know, at yeah. Least that 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 was the weird part to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, Cleveland fans of all the teams. Like, I know that your Reds didn't do anything. Cleveland actively sabotaged their chances of coming back from one game out yep. to make that like, they're for sure a better roster a week ago before they traded Rosario for Thor and then traded the players they have in the last like two days. So like, like I said, like they have basically waved the white flag and said to Minnesota, go ahead. You can have the one playoff series against these good AL teams. Like we're out.
1: That's and Minnesota kind of shrugged and said, Oh, uh, I guess we're not going to do anything either. Yeah. We're uh, not going to
2: do anything, but we're we'll at least just keep, what is a pretty good looking rotation. We'll just keep it together.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm trying, I'm looking for an ad that they did actually and I struggling to find it. Yeah. And they, they swapped they- struggling relievers, Floro for Lopez. Yep. That's uh, it. that, I think that's it. Yep. Wow. What a, yep. what a cynical division. What a tear, you know, You got the Royals that are just awful and they're at least they're trying to retool and they have a new GM. Okay. The Tigers traded away. Lorenzen tried to trade away. Uh Erod couldn't. Um yeah. The White Sox obviously selling anything that's not nailed down. Um, yeah, it's what a terrible division. Oh.
2: It would actually be wide open for we talked about the Tigers like three weeks ago. It's now it's it's still wide open for the Tigers then they kept Erod against their own will. Scuball's back, Manning's been pitching pretty well. Like it would it would be possible for them to use that like maybe if everybody hit their ceiling to catch up. Like Cleveland may just drop right out of it. And then you're just chasing Minnesota. Maybe you have a series against Minnesota and you sweep them and all of a sudden you're in you're in it right i think they'll just plot along i think minnesota will win like 82 games or something and win the division and then just yeah. go out quickly in the playoffs sounds that saying. it is the worst it is the most boring division in baseball and it's not even close like the nl central is way more interesting for sure for, for partially because sure. the team like the reds are interesting and then this mm-hmm. cubs thing is kind of interesting like the cubs coming back from way down where you yeah thought they were sure sellers and then them coming back winning eight to ten going into the deadline not selling adding Candelario like that's interesting I agree yeah
1: I agree yeah. Yeah. all right Fred I, I think we covered this pretty thoroughly uh is yeah. there any other teams you want to hit up or are we good to go here
2: I don't think I think if we missed you you were very irrelevant because we hit we hit the the good and the bad so
1: yeah I think so if we didn't too. get
2: to you you weren't worth getting to
1: <laughs> yeah probably so yeah probably so hey everybody thank you so much for tuning in to the uh, RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast uh Fred and I appreciate it Uh, Next week, we will not be on YouTube. We will still stream on Facebook and Twitter. And then, of course, you can find it wherever you normally get your podcast. But uh, the YouTube channel is going to be dedicated pretty much to football going forward here. So just a heads up on that. Thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in today. Appreciate all the comments. And hopefully jump in on the Facebook stream next week there. You can still chime in in the comments that way. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you. Take care.